Parashat Emor, Emor Tov Shin Ayin Chet. In this parasha, in the parasha of Emor, uh, you know, the book of Ayikra has, as we have mentioned in the past, talks about things that we don't connect to very easily. First, there are Korbanot, uh, which we don't uh, actually participate in, and uh, matters of Tumah Tahara, which are sort of esoteric. Like, it's very hard to know why something is Tameh, and it's hard to understand why something becomes Tahor. Uh, you know that the, the Rambam at the end of Ilchot Mikvaot, the Rambam at the end of Ilchot Mikvaot talks about immersing yourself in a mikveh in order to become Tahor. And he says, the Rambam says, it's not the mikveh that makes you Tahor, but it's your willingness to be Tahor that makes you Tahor. And it's just the mikveh is just a reminder, uh, which sounds to me like you could say, if somebody would say that today, who has never, had never had the Rambam uh, before, you would probably say, oh, but, you know, he's trying to rationalize the Torah or something, that you can't do that. But the Rambam did it. Did it, and I think he got away with it. I mean, all, there's plenty of opposition to the Rambam, but not on that particular halakha. There's a lot of other stuff to be against. So, korbanot, we don't do. Tumavatara, we don't know very much about. It's true, Tumat Nida, women, you know, there is still some relationship to, uh, to mikvaot. Tumavatara also refers to food. Uh, animals uh, but we can't we can't really it, it's like sort of very esoteric like you don't know why uh, a walking and talking animal is is tahor and another animal is tameh I mean it's true that the uh, Torah gives certain simanim that distinguishes animals that are tahor from animals that are tameh but those simanim don't really tell us anything. They, they may be simanim that reflect the category, but they don't, they're not essentially. Like, you can't explain to me why an animal that chews its cud should be in one category and an animal that doesn't chew its cud should be in another category, even though there may be distinguishing factors. There may be. And it could be also, it may also be true that we could, like, we thought about it, we come up with some sort of answer. So that Korban note, there's Tumavatara, there's Sarat, a, a, a kind of, a different kind of Tuma, and... Uh, Finally, in Emor, in this week's parasha, there's a lot of Tumavatara matters that connect to Kohanim. So you could say, as the Ramban says in the introduction to the book of Vayikra, the Ramban says, I mean, these are the, these are the main topics. These are the main topics, and then here and there, something gets schlepped in on the side. Something gets schlepped. So in the parasha of Emor, this week's parasha, there is... Uh, an entire parasha devoted to Mo'adim, to the special days that we might call today holidays, special days. And that parasha begins, if you look at the sheet with this, these psukim, Perikav Gimel Pasuk Alb, it's a departure. It's a departure from what it seems to be. 
a departure from what Vayikra is usually about. Right? Okay, Bahar Bechukotai, the next parashiyot, also a departure, a departure. But this is the first major departure. Vayidabe Hashem Moshe Lemar, okay, that we all understand. Vayidabe Hashem El Moshe Lemar. Right, this is the the pasuk that reflects how the Torah was taught to Bnei Yisrael. Hashem told it to Moshe, and Moshe taught it to Bnei Yisrael. And that was because, at least Chazal seemed to understand it this way, that the capacity that Moshe Rabbeinu had to understand was greater than anybody else. So in order for the Torah to come into the world, it had to filter its way through Moshe Rabbeinu in order to be the maximum Torah that could be, could be received. And then everybody else in the world gets as much of the Torah as he can, he or she can, by learning, by learning the Torah. So that's what the Be'er Sheva Moshe Lemar, this emphasis on the fact that, that in terms of, the, of maximalizing the receiving of the Torah in the world, it had to go first to Moshe Rabbeinu. That was his job. That was Moshe Rabbeinu's job. And he was the only one who could do it. There was no one else who could be, who could place himself or herself in the place of Moshe Rabbeinu. That's the way, I mean, what I'm telling you is what the Rambam says or what the Ramban says. And you know, and later on in Hasidut, it also comes up again that Moshe Rabbeinu Moshe Rabbeinu was the Aspaklaria Hameira. It was something, some a prophetic uh, aspect to Moshe Rabbeinu that su- was supreme above all the other prophets. So we know, everybody knows that, you know, if you've ever taken a course uh, based on a text, on a, on a text, so you know that some people in the course will understand, even after everybody knows the words, what the words mean, some people seem to understand it better than other people, right? Understanding the text is not exactly equal to knowing what the words mean, right? It's not exactly the same. It, it, you know, to get to the bottom of things. I mean, that's why, well, you know, so that's the way it is. So Moshe Rabbeinu was the only one who could bring the maximum of the Torah into the world, right? So the, uh, the Chazal would say, Moshe Rabbeinu, he had 49 Sharei Bina out of 50. And what do they mean? They mean almost. Even for Moshe Rabbeinu, it wasn't 100%, but it was as close as you could get. This idea of 49 out of 50 is another way of saying as close as you possibly could get. The same thing, the same idea in Shemitah and Yovel. In, 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 in any event, that's what this passage means. It appears again and again in, in the Torah, and it means that only Moshe Rabbeinu could get it. Only Moshe Rabbeinu could understand it, and then he could, he, with his understanding, he passed it down. He passed it down, he passed it down, and wrote it down. Wrote it, writing it down is also an interesting idea. Like, you know, when you write something down, it all changes. Everything is different. When you write, if you have a book, it's different than not having a book. Because oral rendif is only, if it's only oral, it, it, it doesn't get a fixed form. You know, different people will repeat it in different ways. But that's a different story. Then the second pasuk says, Daber el Yisrael, Vamad alehem. 
This is not always the case. Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu this Pesach say, speak to B'nai Yisrael and say as follows, Mo'adei Hashem. A Mo'ed is a special time. It's a special time. It's a time when people get together. Right? The Hebrew word Va'ad, Mo'ed, Beit Va'ad, Oil Mo'ed. Those are, are, are times of collection. Asher tikru'u otam. Asher tikru'u otam. Tikru'u. What does that word mean, tikru'u otam? Tikru'u. You call them. You make them. It was mikra'e kodesh, which means that these things that are called mikra'e kodesh, for some reason, they are somehow connected to tikru'u otam. They only happen when you call them, when you speak of them. Elohim mo'adai. You do it with me. That's what the Pasuk says. Mo'adim. Mo'adim. Pesach, Sukkot, Shavuot. Elohim mo'adai. Those are my times of getting together. Tikru'u otam. You shall call them with me. And then... The Pasuk, Pasuk Gimel says, It's a kind of a departure. It was, what do you mean, Elohim Moadai? Moadai is not Shabbat. Shabbat is not a Moed. But the Pasuk says, You see those last words? Shabbat he Lashem. But not. Boy. Not both of you, not Hashem and you. Everybody knows, everybody knows this well-known idea that Shabbat is established by a Kaddish Baruch Hu, right? It's a fixed day. Every seventh day from the time of creation is Shabbat. Moadim are a little bit different. Yes? Moadim are dependent on Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh is a variable day. Sometimes it's today, and sometimes it's tomorrow. Right? So that the Moed, the Moed, which is always a day in the month, right? Pesach, Sukkot, Shavuot. Okay, Shavuot is not exactly a day in the month, but it's sort of a day in the month, because it's dependent on a previous day and a previous month. So, uh, so the Moadim the Moadim are not fixed by God. It was there was Shabbos or the time that God created the world. But you can't say that there was Pesach. I don't want to say that. You can't say there was Sukkot at the time of Avram Avinu. I mean, you could say it. And you could probably even defend it, but that's only because you're clever. But it's not that reasonable to say that Sukkot existed for Avram Avinu, whereas Shabbat definitely existed. Which is not to say that I know how much of, Shab- of our Shabbat Avram Avinu kept. I don't mean that. I just mean it was there. It, it was there. It's every seventh day is Shabbat. But you can't say that there was Sukkot if there was nobody to do it. There was no one to celebrate it. There was no one to remember it. You can't say that. So that the pasuk, I think, reflects that. The the on the one hand, 
מועדי השם אשר תקראו אותם מקראי קודש, you, you're involved. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying. אלה הם מועדיי. Those are the מועדים that הקודש ברוך הוא wants. He wants the Moadim that we are involved in setting up and establishing, in remembering, right? All the Moadim are connected to remembering. Right? So we have to remember. We have to remember. Zechel Yisiat Mitzrayim, Zechel Yibet Sukkot Oshap, Yibetay Yisrael. Okay, Shavuot is whatever it is. It's coming up. Let's look at the Rashi. Rashi says this. Taber B'nei Yisrael Moadei Hashem, Asei Moadot. Rashi, asay moadot, you do it, make a moed, make special times, sheyu Yisrael melumadim bahem. B'nei Yisrael should be knowledgeable, understanding, involved with, making it, giving it a color, melumadim shem, shema'abrim et hashan, et hashana al ga'aluyot shene'ekru mimkomam, לעלות לרגל, מעברים את השנה, מעברים את השנה, right? You, מעברים את השנה, you sometimes add a month. איבור השנה, some years have 12 months, some have 13 months, and you מעברים את השנה, when you realize that people in חוץ לארץ שנהרו במקומם להגיע לרגל, ועדיין לא הגיעו לירושלים, you give them a chance. You give it another chance, you can push it off. You can push the regal, the, 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 the going to Yerushalayim, you can actually push it off. So it's, it's again, Shabbat determined by God. We have nothing to do with that. We have nothing to do with that. And so you all know the story that when, when the yeshivot, when the Mir Yeshiva, in, uh, which was in Lithuania, came to, escaped before World War, during World War II, and ended up in Japan, right? They didn't know what to do with themselves. What? They didn't know, they didn't know when Shabbat was. And then, it, of course, it implied something about Yom Kippur, but they didn't know about Shabbat. They didn't know Shabbat. So they said, okay, so we'll keep Shabbat two days. But you know, it's forbidden to fast for two days. So Yom Kippur became a problem. They couldn't solve that problem because Shabbat was fixed. It was either today or tomorrow. They could all get together and say, let's make it today. They felt they couldn't do that, so they ran away to Shanghai, which was on the other side of the international dateline. And till, uh, until today, the problem of the international dateline remains a curiosity, like a real problem. If you, uh, if you'd like, to, uh, uh, if you, if you like uh, kind of uh, puzzles, you could read about the international dateline. There's a good book on the international dateline, written by somebody whose name I forget. A kind of a, an art scroll kind of book. You know, like it has colored, a colored cover. And, uh, but it's from, don't worry. So, so that's what he says, that's what Rashi says. Now, Pasuk Gimel, the next Pasuk, Sheishet Yomim Tiyasem Lacha, V'yom Ashvi Shabbat Shabbaton, Mikra Kodikom Lacha Lo Ta'azu, so they, in order to talk about Mo'adim, the Torah has this pasuk about Shabbat. And in order to get back to our original topic, which is Mo'adim, 
Pasuk Dalit says, Ela Modei Hashem, Mikra'i Kodesh, I think we're all time with Mo'adam, which some people say at the beginning of Kiddush on Yontif. Now look at Rashi, Sheshit Yamim, Rashi says, Ma'anyan Shabbat, they saw Mo'adot, ha ha ha, there you have it. We're all very clever, but Rashi is older than we are. Rashi says, Rashi says, what does Shabbat got to do with this? Well, Shabbat is something that is inherited from the creation. It comes from God. It has nothing to do with us, really. Only Moadim have to do with us. And the Pasuk started, Pasuk met, Moadeh Hashem. What's Shabbat? How did Shabbat get into this? Lalametcha, Rashi answers. Shekola mechalelet ha-moadot, ba'alin alav ki'ilu chilelet ha-shabbatot. Now, I'm willing at my advanced age to admit that I never understood what Rashi said. I never understood it. I still don't understand it too well. What does that mean? Michalelet ha-moadot. If you don't uh, 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 keep the moadot, if you don't keep yotif in the proper manner, so you're doing, you're over an essay. You're doing an avera. What is this business about ma'alina love ki'ilu chilelet ha-shabbatot? It was like you get, it's worse. Shabbat, the punishment for not keeping Shabbos is skila. The punishment for not keeping Yontav is not. Maybe it's to say that you might think Shab- that Yontav and what lesser status given that are not divinely. Say again. You might you may think, think that, that Yontav, given that it has some role of it that's not divine, that it has a lesser status. So. And therefore, it comes to teach you the order, the comparison, the juxtaposition says that. It's just as severe to be Mechal Yontav, even though there's an aspect of it which isn't divine, as it is to be Mechal Shabbat. Okay. That's good. <laughs> it just doesn't make me happy. Yeah. But it's fine. Sorry. <laughs> Did you hear what she said? Anyway, Rashi says this. But if you keep the Moadot, Malina love kiel kiemet shabbatot. Now, how do you figure that? According to your uh, theory, it's just as div- it just it has the same impact as it were. Even as Shabbos, but if you keep the moadot, you're okay. Why do you have to be malina love kiel kiemet shabbatot? I don't know. It's the same idea. What? You get a certain type of sechar for. Observing the modot that we created, as that you do for well, why would you? Why would that be the case? I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm just trying to explain what Rashi means, but I don't understand. It's the flip side English. of the beginning of the sentence. Yes, it is, right. okay, okay, let's see. I'll try. What? What? I'm sorry. Isn't it just simpler to say? Whoa, 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 one second, one second. Isn't it just simpler to say that this whole section is about the sanctity of time? In other words, we've been dealing with other things: sanctity of place, separation of place. Now we're dealing with sanctity of time. Shabbat is usually considered the most important of all of them, so it leads off, and that leads you into the hall of, in, in, into the rest of the Chagim. Yeah, that and I think that that, that Rush is actually twisting himself into epistemological pretzels just for the sake of complicating things. It's really e- the sanctity epistemological, of time. I understand. But what's a pretzel? <laughs> <laughs> It's like a challah that's really overdone. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I mean, I, okay, I don't, you know, that's good. That's good. 
Shimshon Farah would have liked that a lot, you know. But look, but look at the psukim. But look at the psukim. The first pasuk says Moadei Hashem. That's the topic. And then there's a digression from the topic, and the digression of the topic sheishet yurim to zamlacha. Seems to be a digression from the topic, from the from the topic. And then at the end of pasuk gimel, if you look at the end of pasuk gimel, you see there's a pay in the in the printed text. A pay means that there's a space in the Torah, like a new start. Or, uh, I remember, <laughs> it's like a new paragraph. It's a new paragraph after the pay. The new paragraph begins, So there are two starts. There are two starts. There's the start of Moadim and then Shabbos. And then there's another start about Moadim without Shabbos. So, so it seems to me that there's something here that's not clear. There's something here that's not clear. And Rashi, Rashi tries to make a connection between the, the prohibitions of Shabbat or the Kiyum of Shabbat and the Kiyum of the Moadim. And says there's some kind of comparison that the Moadim get upgraded. They get, they get upgraded to the level of Shabbat. If you are positive about the Moadim, so you get the, the, the reward of Shabbat. And if you're negative about the Moadim, you get the punishment of Shabbat. I guess, even though I don't know that you get skila, but you get some kind of punishment. Okay, so now let's, uh, let's look at the Pesach and Breshi. There's another... The Moadim are called Mikra Kodesh, and also Shabbat is called Mikra Kodesh. What, what, what? Say that again, I'm sorry. The Moedim are called Mikra E Kodesh. Yes. And Shabbat is called Mikra Kodesh. Okay, Mikra Kodesh. Mikra Kodesh, so they're somewhat connected. Yeah, well, it's like an you on Shabbat and on Yom Tov. They're not quite the same, but they both, they're distinguishers. They're days on which there are Isurei Malacha, Shabbat and Yom Tov. That's what I think. It, that's what I think. This is the Ramban says in, the, in any event. Now look, look at uh, look at uh, the psukim from Breshit. Now in Breshit, in Breshit we know that the creation of things was done primarily by four verbs: Aleph, Bet, Yud, uh, Ayin, Abia. Aleph, Bet, Yud, Ayin. The Aleph stands for Vayomer, Amira. Right, So that's like a like a creative act through Amira. Uh, Bet is bara. Breshit bara It's right, bara. It uh, it's another verb that's used for creation. The yud, the yud is yitzira. Vayitzer Hashem adam. Right? God created man and and uh, ayin, the ayin is asiyah, asla asot. Those are the verbs that are usually connected to the creation of the world. But there is another verb, another verb which is not mentioned with those four. There's another verb, and that verb is vayavdel, to distinguish. And the reason that there's a difference is because the Aleph, Bet, Yud, Ayin, they all seem to be about creating something. Whereas Vayavdel 
is not exactly to create. Nevertheless, nevertheless, there were things that were created or established by using the word vayavdel. For example, if you look at the in the pasuk in Bereshit, Bereshit Baralokim with the Shemayim with the Aretz, and you know there's that argument about that pasuk whether this is about the actual creation or it's an introduction to the story of creation. So you know that the Ramban says the Ramban says that in the beginning God created something out of nothing, right? Which in in Chazal in the later in the Pirkei de Rabbi Lazar, it's called Yesh Me'ayin. God created Yesh Me'ayin, something from nothing. And that's what the first Pasuk said. And that the rest of creation was always is the creation of something from something. Because the something from nothing, the Ramban has said, is called Hiyuli, which is a Greek word, which means something. And after the creation of Hiyuli, that everything else was created from that Hiyuli. So the first pasuk, is like saying, well, in order to create Shavayim Ba'aretz, you needed something. So that's what was created in pasuk Aleph. And that's why in pasuk Gimel says, right? But the Or came from something that existed. And that something existed, the Raman calls Hiyuli. And that Hiyuli is Yesh right? That was the creation of Yesh It's not true that everything that was created, according to the Ramban, that everything was created in Bereshit, was created Yesh But everything was actually created Yesh Yesh. It's only the initial stuff that was created Yesh So the Pasuk says, Bereshit, Bereshit, So we have that problem with that Pasuk, right? Today, uh, uh, it's the Rashi that is popular, made popular. Whatever that means. Well, it seems like it was a mess, right? Because of what we're going to say in a minute, a could mean undifferentiated. All this, like a lot of stuff, which the Raman calls Hiyuli. And that stuff had the potential of becoming trees and animals and grasses and, and, and all that stuff, stuff, but it was undifferentiated. That's tohu vavohu. V'choshet al p'nei tahom b'ruch elokim merachevet al p'nei ha-mayim. P'nei ha-mayim, so mayim, mayim, blots out differentiations. Right? It's like Noach, the punishment for, for the people for the people who lived at the time of Noah was reverting back to pre-creation. How do you revert back to pre-creation? Uh, mind. That's what it says in the Pasuk. It says, Like everything was covered with water and the Ruach HaLokim, I mean, it's hard to know what each of these things mean. So the first thing that was actually created, the first things in the world that we know about was Yehi Or, was the creation of Or. And Or was created with Amira. Now one more Pasuk. We all know. 
Or and Tov and Torah and uh, it all goes together. But then the pasuk says, "Vayavdel Elokim bein Haor uvein Hachoshech." Now, what could that possibly mean? What could that possibly mean? What do you mean, "Vayavdel Elokim bein Haor uvein Hachoshech"? Okay, so so everybody has it in mind. You're gonna, you know, if there's light, there's no darkness. The only way to get darkness is to not have light. Uh, so, what do you need Vayavdel for? Why couldn't Well, we'll see in a minute. Let's look at Rashi. Vayar Elokim et Ha'orkitov Vayavdel Vayavdel Av Bazeh Anotzichim L'Divrei Agadah You know, Rashi says in several places in Breshit, in the Parshiot of Breshit and Noach. Ein gamba zeno tzuchim lidvar agada. Lidvar agada. For Rashi, the difference between pshat and agada is that pshat is an attempt to explain the pasuk or the words in the order in which they are written. Agada. Agadah, on the other hand, is willing to take a word out of a pasuk and give it a, a special meaning, give it a special meaning, and then reinterpret the pasuk according to that special meaning. So Rashi says, Gam So you would think that there's something really difficult about this pasuk. I can't really explain it too well. But Rashi, at the end of this, Rashi tries to explain the pshat. But before he explains the pshat, he said, Ra'uhu. Ra'ahu Hashem saw the light that had been created. that it's just not worthy, or the Rishaim, the bad people, are not worthy of this light. So that the light we are talking about, is something that we, we don't know anything about that. We don't know. It wasn't light. It was something wondrous. Something beyond light. Something that, uh, that makes everything understood. It's clarity. Right? Not just light. So, as a result, since so HaKadosh Baruch took that light and put it in wherever Atid Lavo is, wherever the future is going to be. And then the Tzadikim, who are worthy, who understand, who are knowledgeable, they will be with this light. So it turns out that this Pasuk, Pasuk Gimel, Pasuk Gimel, is like saying to us, and God said, let there be light. And there was light, even though you don't know it. You don't know that there's light. Why don't you know that there's light? Because the light that this person is talking about didn't stay in the created world. It left. Okay, it could be that Olam Abba is also part of the created world. But I don't mean that. I mean the created world that we might be aware of. Like we're aware of water and dry land and grass and trees and animals and, and, and man and woman. We're, we're aware of all of that. But we're not aware of this light. So this pasuk, Rashi says, 
Divrei Agadah, that this Pasuk is not about the light that we know, but it's about a different kind of light. And then Rashi goes on and says, Now if you want, now that's of course not, not Pshat. Not Pshat, I mean, why would anybody think that God created something in the six days of creation in order for it not to be there? Or to take it away? I mean, it seems like an odd idea. But Rashi says, This is what it means according to Pshat. According to Pshat, we could try to distinguish the Pshat from the non-Pshat. Ra'ahu Kitov. He saw the light. He, Hashem, saw the light. Kitov. Ve'eina elo v'lachoshech she'yuvishtam shim He says, so Rashi says, the simple Pshat is, Vayomer lekim yihi or vayihi or. And that was a problem. And the problem was that now there was light and darkness that are mixed up together, whatever that means. In other words, and what was there at the end of Pasuk Bet, according to Rashi Pshat? There was light and darkness mixed in together somehow. But Hashem Moses said, "This is no good. It's no good that the light is mixed in with the darkness." Vayavdeh, vayavdeh. I mean, this is Rashi, right? So that the world that we know, according to the Pshat, not according to the Drash, right? According to the Pshat, God created the light. And the light that God created is still with us. That's in the world. However, having created the light, God saw that there was a admixture of light and darkness, which just couldn't be. So by Avdel, God separated the light from the, dar- from the darkness, and the light was during the day, and the darkness was at night. Where the day and the night came from, according to Rashi, it doesn't matter. But Rashi, that's the pshat. The pshat is that the, that the light that God created was in some way faulty. And it was corrected in Pasuk Dalit. Pasuk Gimel says, God created light. There was something wrong with that creation. The original intention was create light and, and the light would be there together with the Choshech, right? The Choshech that existed in Pasuk Bet. The Choshech al Pinei Tahom. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, okay, let there be light. It's as though we're talking about the Choshech as being something a tangible, tangible Choshech. So there is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, this is no good because you don't get the light. As long as the choshech is mixed in, mixed in with the light, so you don't get the light. So in order to improve, in order to improve the situation, the Kodesh Baruch distinguished between the or and the choshech, calling one of them daytime and the other one nighttime. Okay, okay. Now it may be that you've never thought about these psukim quite in this way. But that doesn't mean that everything I've said is wrong.
minimally, you have to admit it's interesting. But Rashi, Rashi uh, is of the opinion, Rashi of, is, is of the opinion that, that this problem uh, has two, that this problem that the or was out of place, right? Both Pshat, the Pshat and the Agadita both agree that the creation of or was faulty in some way. According to the Agadah that Rashi says at the beginning, somehow the world was not worthy of the Or. And according to the Pshat, according to the Pshat, the, the Or was kind of uh, diluted by the Choshech. Both cases, both cases, the fixing is in the, the next Pasuk, Pasuk Dalet, Right? So according to the Agadah, God took the Or away from the Choshech and put it into Olav Haba. According to the Pshat, according to the Pshat, God fixed it by distinguishing between the daytime and the nighttime. So according to the simple, to, according to the Pshat in, uh, in, in uh, Rashi, According to Pshat and Rashi, Vayavdel is not a word which defines creation, but it's a word that defines organizing creation. Right? Somehow it's secondary. Uh, how did it happen that God messed up the first time around? I don't know. I, I, I don't know that kind of. I only know a little bit about what Rashi says. I don't know anything about what Rashi doesn't say. Okay? So now this is the Hamek Dabar that I wanted everybody to. Get a hold of. By Avdela, the Kimena Oravena Choshik, right? That Bahamek Dover is the Nitziv. The Nitziv was the last Rosh Yeshiv in Voloshin and died in Warsaw. If you've ever been on one of these trips, you know, you you probably saw the OL in the Beit Kvarot in Warsaw, which houses Rav Chaim and the Nitziv. By both of whom were for a time together, Roshay Yeshiva in Volodzhin. Rav Chaim went then to Brisk and became the Rav after his father died. His father was the Beis Alevi, right? So he died in Brisk, and his son, who became Rav Chaim, uh, was the inheritor of the rabbinic mantle. The Nitziv stayed in Volodzhin until he closed it. He, they, somebody, until it was closed because the Russian authorities uh, were imposing limitations on the yeshiva that the yeshiva felt it could not, uh, it could not comply with. So the yeshiva was closed and the, uh, uh, they both ended up in Warsaw and uh, they both died in Warsaw and were buried in Warsaw, and then they built this ohel, like a, like a stone little room in which the, the two graves, in which the two graves are found. So the Hamegdova, one of his innovations was he taught Chumash every morning after davening in the yeshiva. And that Chumash class that he taught every morning became his Perush ala Torah, which he called Hamegdova. Right? There's also an added perush called Harchev Davar, but, but this is from the Hamek Davar, the primary commentary 
of the Nitziv on the on the Chumash. So he says, He says an interesting thing. Horaat Havdel, what does the word mean, Havdel? Mashmaot. There are two basic meanings to the word Vayavdel. Echad, Misach Mavdil, Bein Shneid Basach Mavdil, Bein Shneid Varim Shavim. Oinam Shavim. He says, one kind of Vayavdel is when you put up a barrier. Right? There's the one side of the barrier and the other side of the barrier. Right? And then Bein Shneid Varim Shavim, Oinam Shavim. That on either side you could have two different things of this barrier, or you could have two groups of the same thing. But that's that's one of the one of the meanings of Vayavdel. Bet, the second meaning. Havdel Shavim. He says he says sometimes you see two things that seem to be that seem to be the same. Shem Shavim. Shinim lechusha ayin. Nirim lechusha ayin. Like your sight. When you look at something, you think that they're equal. Kimo habdala ben yom kodosh kodesh lechol. He says, for example, we make habdala. Right? We make habdala after Shabbat. And we say, until now it was Shabbos. Now it's not Shabbos anymore. But you know very well, you know very well that you can't tell the difference. Right? It's like the same. If you make Havdalah, you know, maybe it's just another day. It's just an, an, another day. He says, well, as far as when you look at it, you don't see the difference between one day and another day. Similarly, there's no way to tell the difference between something that is Tameh and something that is Tahor. They look the same. It's, it's a halachic contrivance. Is it the halacha says that he's tabe, but it's not because you could see it or, or, or feel it. And he says that there are, uh, there are many similar, there are two things that are similar, two animals. One animal is called tahor and the other is called tabe. Two people, one person is tabe and can't uh, get involved with Trumot and Masra, the other person can. They, they seem to be pretty much the same. The can ain lefaresh but often hasheni. The can in this pasuk vayavdel elukibin oravin achoshech ain lefaresh but often hasheni. You can't say they're just two things that are similar that have a barrier between them. Sharei or mechoshech muvdalim mimela laayin, because everybody knows the difference between light and darkness. You know what is vayavdel got to do? Why would the Pesach say you, you follow the, the way he's thinking? He says, he says they're, they're, they're different. They're not the same. It's not like you're putting up a barrier between, between two pieces of property and you say this property belongs to Ruven and that property belongs to Shimon. Okay, so you need a barrier because it looks the same. There's no difference between this piece of land and that piece of land. He says the opposite is true for Oren Choshech. Oren Choshech is totally different one from the other. Why would you need a barrier to divide the Or from the Choshech? Achush v'hafachim zemizeh. Right? They're, they're different. Ela perush ha'echad 
But it must be that we reference the first interpretation, which is that you just put up a barrier. You put up a real barrier that's separated one from the other. And so what is the barrier between the light and the dark? Because it says by Abdel. Again, he says, he says there must be a barrier. There must be something that divides the light from the darkness. Because that's what the word Vayabdel means. It divides up the light from the darkness. So he says it must be the first interpretation, Chasamasach Mavdil, that God put up a barrier that distinguished the light from the dark. So he says, well, how could you have a barrier that distinguishes the light from the darkness? He himself said, he himself said, everybody knows the difference between light and the dark. So where is the barrier? He says, but you see it. We know where the barrier is. The barrier is in that time of the day, which is not exactly light and not exactly dark. What do we call that? Twilight. Bain, what? Twilight. Oh, twilight. Good. That's what we call it. We call it bain, but twilight is good. So twilight, twilight is the barrier. Twilight is the barrier, right? So HaKadosh Baruch made the world such that the darkness does not follow the light immediately. It's not like you have it, like daytime, and then somebody pulls the switch and it becomes nighttime. That's not how it works. It's according to him, it could have worked that way, but HaKadosh Baruch said, no, I mean, there's got to be something that, that divides up, that stands in between the light and the dark. And what stands between the light and the dark? The mixture of light and dark. Now, I want to remind you that the, who, who spoke of the mixture of the light and the dark? The mixture of the light and the dark. Huh? R- Rashi. Rashi, good. Rashi. We just learned it five minutes ago. It doesn't go away in a second. It's In other words, there's a period of time, there's a period of time when Vayavdel doesn't really take place. It doesn't really distinguish the Or and the Chosh because you have in the middle, in that little period of time, in the Benash Mashot or the twilight, you have the mixture of Or and Choshech, which is the way the world was, the world was actually created. So that, so so this is his idea. This is his idea. When you say lahavdil bain and bain, it means that there's got to be something that that distinguishes something a masach, something that is a barrier. So vayavdil, vayavdil, according to the according to the. Uh, Hamekdavar, uh, according to the Nitziv, Mayavdel maintains, at least according to Rashi, what happened in creation. 
What happened in creation was that there was a mixture of light and darkness. And that was we are unable, I mean, that's why we are unable on Shabbos to start Shabbos on time. Rashi also points that out, right? We can't start Shabbos on time. We have to add on. There's a Tosefet Shabbos. Tosefet Shabbos, we add on to Shabbat a little bit. Like whatever it is that we think uh, Shkia is, we add on a little bit, right? In Yerushalayim, we add on a tremendous amount, right? The women bench licht in Yerushalayim 40 minutes before Shkia for some unknown reason. I mean, uh, let's say, anyway, it's unknown to me. But people who live in Yerushalayim are very faithful about this. All the calendars that are printed with this manim on them all say that in Yerushalayim you light candles 40 minutes before Shkia, even though hardly anybody, I mean, I don't know anybody who knows why exactly, and I know that I think uh, Rav Vadya was strongly against it. He didn't want, uh, he didn't think people had to do that because it led to all kinds of confusion and, and difficulties. But in any event, it any went by Yavdel, according to the Nazif, doesn't mean, doesn't mean that there was a, a clear act which distinguished the light and the darkness. But Vayavdel meant that somehow the original intention of light and darkness uh, would be maintained. The original intention of light and darkness would be maintained. So it seems to me, it seems to me that this idea that there are Shabbatot and there are Moadim, that there are Shabbatot and Moadim, and Rashi explained to us that Moadim are the times when we are able to involve ourselves with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that involvement comes as a result of the fact that we're not able to be precise. The tools that the Torah gave us to determine when the Mo'ed begins leads us to a lack of precision. We're not able to get it exactly right. So we see now we see now that that is something that's almost built in to the nature of the created world. Was the world was not created for the perfection which is God's, for the ability that God has to separate things out perfectly, for the ability that might have been, that the world might have been kind of set up in a very perfect way, that everybody would be the same, everybody would have the same inclinations, that finally psychologists would be able to solve the problem, whatever the problem might be. But uh, I, I don't mean to mention the fact that my wife is a psychologist. <laughs> so that, that this idea, this idea that the, the production from perfection should yield perfection, the timing should be perfect always. We should be we should therefore be unable to relate to the world as it was created. We see, we see that the Vayavdel indicates, indicates that there's a lack of precision in the created, the created world uh, itself, which enables us to be part of it. And if we can't figure out when Rosh Chodesh is at a certain month, 
it's okay because it's part of the way we understand it, right? How do we understand it? Then the skies might be cloudy. If the skies are cloudy, so I'm not going to know when the new moon came out. If I don't know when the new moon came out, I don't know if today's Rosh Chodesh or tomorrow's Rosh Chodesh. It's okay. It's okay. In other words, the Torah admits to us, the Torah admits to us that, that Yantiv, Yantiv is, there's a default kind of Yantiv. The default Yantiv is the day that we agree upon that we think is is the the day that that should uh, that it should be. And that's where Yom Tov Sheni Shel Galuyot came from. Yom Tov Sheni, we invented it. We said Yom Tov. Sheni, it's remarkable, isn't it remarkable? <laughs> and the Jews are in Bavel. The Jews are in Bavel. They say, they say, I don't know. Is it today? Is it tomorrow? Right. So what should they have done? They should have jumped off the roof. They should have all committed suicide. What do you mean? And the Torah says, do it. And they say, I don't know. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what day of the month it is. So we'll, we'll make it up. We'll, we'll, we'll straighten it out somehow. Not that I'm a big fan of Yom Tov Shedish and Goliath. I'm not saying that. Just say, imagine the psychology involved. All the people, all the people, all the Jews... They're all in bubbles. So somebody gets them and says, look, we don't know exactly what day it is. And they all scream out, okay, we'll keep two days. Great. Great. It's interesting. It's interesting that it was, it was in their DNA already that you, can, that you can mush it around, that you could vayavdel it, right? That you could, you could push it. And then they liked it so much that even when there was no particular reason, when the calendars became fixed, and there was no particular reason. So the Gemara said, well, who knows? Maybe, you know, all the calendars will disappear. Maybe the, 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 the non-Jews will oppress us. Maybe something will happen. Let's keep doing it. It's so great. What's, what's great? Like, you know, I remember um, my mother, Zechran al-Rachel, used to say, it's the second Seder. It's the second Seder that she enjoys. First Seder she can't enjoy because she has to prepare. So you prepare till the Seder, second Seder, you don't prepare. You just enjoy it. But this, this, this was in my mother's day, but today, you know, it's, it's easier for everybody. I'm just, let's say, is that there is a kind of a way, this imprecision, this lack of, of perfection, it doesn't bother us. That's what I meant to say. It doesn't really, it doesn't really bother us. In fact, in fact, the uh, you know the Ran, at the end of Psachim, the Ran says, well, how come we count spheres of Omer only once? But why don't we count twice spheres of Omer in Chutzlar? Like Musaf and Sukkot. Like what? Like Musaf and Sukkot. We do it twice? We do, you say two different Psukim. In Chutzar, I'm sorry, in yeah. Oh, oh, because of the days. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but but Sveres are over. Sveres are over is a mitzvah or Isa. Maybe it's like everything else. No, you could hedge all the bets. So let's say it's a mitzvah or The Rambam says it's a mitzvah or So maybe it's a mitzvah or So you wouldn't want to do it correctly. So if you're in Chutzar, so you have the first day of Yantiv. It's two days. So you should count Sveres over twice, and every day you should count. Two different numbers mm-hmm. every every day. Right. So the Ran asked that question. Imagine that seems so really odd to us. 
to me. Seems like I would imagine somebody going and saying, it's over. But it didn't bother the Ran as a question. It didn't bother He said, okay, that's how we are. We're, we don't have the gift of precision. We don't, we don't have that. And that's what Vayavdel is. Vayavdel was, was, at least according to the Pshat and Rashi, the Pshat and Rashi was, it was clearing it up. It was clearing something up. That's what Moadim, the timing of Moadim, the timing of Moadim is, it's when you could do it, when you could, when you could fulfill the obligation. And it's there to tell us. It's there to say, like the Torah doesn't say, and someday you'll have a calendar. When you have a calendar, you'll be able, you'll, you won't have a problem. The Torah doesn't say that. The Torah says you have to look at the stars. You have to look at the moon. You have to look at the clouds. You have to look up at the heaven. Uh, you don't see anything. Yeah. That's it. You can't always have that kind of perfection. So, Vayavdel is not exactly an act of creation. But it's it's a, it's something where we inherited our inability to be perfect, to get it exactly right, to be exactly on time. And I know there's some people in the world who think they are always perfect and always on time, but they may be mistaken. Uh, okay, have a good job. Next week there will be a shear, even though it's Lagba.